0: is not a sin, Harry, but you should exercise course. He's a strand. You'll fertilize him with the enemy. There's the, um, the cruciatus curse. We'll celebrate a boy who is kind and honest and brave and true right to the very end.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. We're doing Chapter 11, Aboard the Hogwarts Express. Thank you.
0: That's the Hogwarts Express.
1: That was weird. (laughs) And we have Elizabeth back with
0: us. (laughs) What sound do you think the Hogwarts Express makes?
1: Not whatever sound you just made. (laughs) Uh, So, we're discussing uh, Chapter 11, Aboard the Hogwarts Express, shockingly... Most of this <laughs> chapter happens aboard the Hogwarts
0: Express. <laughs> well, first I have to get to the Hogwarts Express. So you have
1: to get there first. I just
0: like how, once again, the the journey to Hogwarts, it never, ever, ever goes smoothly. Like, there's always chaos when the week This is relatively
1: apart. smooth, all things considered. I
0: mean, yeah, but like in the morning, it's like... You know, there's a head in the fire, and Arthur's being pulled away, and then it's raining like crazy, and they couldn't get wizarding cars, so they have to get muggle taxi drivers, and animals are not happy, and it's just like, it's mass chaos once again.
1: I feel like heads in fires can be somewhat normal in the wizarding world.
0: Yeah, but this is the first time Harry's ever seen it. For Harry, yes. He did a
1: double take. The only thing that seems to startle Molly about it is it happens particularly early in the morning. Yeah. But uh, that's the only thing that seems to perturb her about it. (laughs) Anyway. um, So, yeah, you have all that uh, chaos in the morning. And then they end up getting on to the Hogwarts Express. Uh, More vagueness about what's coming in this upcoming year. Charlie and Bill are kind of dancing around the subject.
0: Malfoy seems to know, though. Uh,
1: Yeah, they run into Malfoy on the train, and he takes particular pleasure in knowing that they don't know something.
0: Yeah, it's another thing to taunt them about.
1: Another thing to taunt them about. Um, So, going back to the whole business with Arthur getting called away, you have Amos Diggory popping up in the fire, Mm -hmm. calling for Arthur to get to the Ministry as fast as he can because something's happened with Mad-Eye Moody.
0: Which, just, okay, so just for a second. It's his head in the fire, which I have so many questions about, which I know you're going to accuse me of being a Ravenclaw about again. But just the logistics of if your head is traveling, but your body is left behind, is it like your neck stretches all the way to the next grate? And if that's the case, do the wizards that are also traveling by flu powder, like their entire body... Could they like trip on your neck as they go from great to great? Like, I want to know how this works. Does your head detach from your body?
1: I know I am talking about heads in fires, (laughs) but the idea of other wizards tripping over your neck (laughs) is a ridiculous thought. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is where my brain went.
1: Uh, no, I think it's...
0: It's just fascinating. I want to know, like, who was the first wizard who tried it? Why they thought that was a good thing to try? And also, why is it that it said, like, why can Diggory not take five seconds to get out of the, like, fire? Like, obviously, he, he's, he's calling Arthur back really quickly, but it's like, other than just the fact that you would use the flu powder, like, it's instantaneous traveling, right, for the most part, so...
1: I mean, that's what you're doing. You're just relaying a message, though. It's, I mean,
0: he's relaying the message, but, like...
1: An owl's going to be too slow, even though apparently you live relatively in the same neighborhood. Yeah,
0: but, I mean, how much time would he really kill if he got out of the fire and was like, hey, Arthur, come back with me to the ministry. Hey, can I have a piece of toast? Cool, thanks. And then the two of them went back together. Like, why did he have to leave the rest of his body behind?
1: I So, how I'm imagining this is... In Amos Diggory's house, he has the fireplace set up. He has the flue powder Is in he at it.
0: his house or is he at the ministry?
1: Uh, I, either one. Whatever. Okay. Um, I assume it's... He has the fireplace in front of him. He has the flue powder in the fireplace. And then he literally just sticks his head in. Says whatever the, uh, the Weasley kitchen or whatever have you. Mm-hmm. And it just pops up like that. He's not going through, like, different dimensions or something like that. I think it just... His head... If you just stick your head in, I think that's the only thing that would show.
0: Well, at the same time, I'm thinking about when the first time Harry... So, therefore, his
1: head is, like, coming through the fireplace.
0: I just think of the first time when Harry traveled by fire, and he could see the different greats of other wizarding, like, households, and he... You know, he misspoke, so he ended up in the wrong place. So if the idea of, like, what their advice was literally, like, be careful of the grates, don't get out too quickly, or whatever the case may be, like, I'm just imagining your head literally just traveling through this void of being in fireplaces to that next fire this is a long neck. It's probably just me. It's not me. a long neck.
1: I can it's, guarantee it's not a long neck.
0: It's 100% just me imagining this, but it amuses me. So I'm going to continue to imagine it.
1: I would entertain like a different type of flu powder is a different magic associated with it, hmm. or or a different type of magic in general is associated with it. I could see both of those as potential options, or literally just the, you put part of your body in, the whole purpose for him calling Arthur this way is mm-hmm. so he can get to the ministry quickly. So he can try to get Mad-Eye Moody off on a relatively easy offense instead of
0: being arrested. Cause he has a new job to start.
1: Yeah. So, um, Arthur's of- trying to take notes very quickly. So he could properly mm-hmm. do this. He's talking about all these different ministry things that he can possibly do. Oh, I can get him off on this. It's fine. I just got to get there quick.
0: Yeah. I mean, essentially, degree said, Mad-Eye Moody claims he heard an intruder creeping towards the house, and that intruder was attacked by his dustbins, which in the United States we would just call your garbage cans. And the neighbors heard the racket, and so they called the police officers. Policemen. Yep. And they arrived, and they were also attacked by those... You know, dustbins and just total chaos. And I mean, Diggory does not believe that there was an intruder. He thinks there was just like a cat covered in what was it, potato skins or something like that. And that no, there's eyes... an
1: extremely upset cat covered oh, yeah, in yeah, yeah. potato peels. Yeah, because... so
0: the, so the cat got you know he, the cat was the intruder, and just that Moody is being paranoid because he has a reputation for being paranoid. But it's just really unfortunate that this is happening. Now because he has a brand new job that he clearly needs to get to if they're getting Arthur to try to get him off like of this crime.
1: Yeah, so obviously Mad Eye has a history. He's we find out later from some Bill and Charlie is, who interject in this whole thing because they I think, explain
0: who mad-eye moody is
1: right they've heard of they themselves have only heard of him mm-hmm. um because i think ron questions like who is this nutcase
0: yeah some of that and i mean what kind of nickname is mad Eye? you know
1: um but uh one of them i can't remember who exactly But they say that he's a retired Auror, Mm -hmm. who has a very decorated history, and half the cells at Azkaban are full of criminals that he's put there, which would make enemies of their friends and family. And And Harry
0: is finally told, like, that's what an Auror is. It's a dark wizard catcher.
1: Yeah, so it's understandable as to why he would be paranoid, because he's made a lot of enemies in the line of work that he's in. Mm -hmm. So... But I uh it's Bill. I think Bill says that Moody was a great wizard in his time. Yeah. So obviously if he's setting dustbins on people, um maybe he's slipping a little bit. Uh so <laughs> I Arthur like, needs to go find it out.
0: I did like the comment that um uh I forget which one it was, but I think Molly said how, you know, your father really, really respects uh Maddie Moody. It was one of the twins was like, Yeah, but birds of a feather, you know, like Dad's, Dad's got a few screws loose, too.
1: After all of that chaos in the morning, we had to we finally get on our way to the Hogwarts Express.
0: Yeah, and can we just take a second to give our condolences to those poor, poor taxi drivers? Because they went through so much in Harry's cab. Fireworks went off. Could you imagine being a cab driver and having fireworks go off in your car? Like how did they not crash and die?
1: You know, we're here in America. You pick the right Fourth of July weekend, and <laughs> people are a little intoxicated. Maybe an Uber goes poorly. You, oh, <laughs> you never my know.
0: Gosh, could you just imagine? Like you would go off the road. You would hit another car. I mean, let alone with all the animals. I mean, pig is going insane, and Kurchenko is like. Well, just seeing an owl out. in a cage being brought in. Yeah, is... an hyper owl at that. Like. But then the fireworks too. Like I mean, oh my gosh, I would retire from being a taxi driver that day after the, that group of kids.
1: So a lot of people pile in, like just a couple of taxis or whatever they uh-huh. call. Um, but yeah, so we get to platform nine and three quarters, and Bill and Charlie are suddenly being very vague about what might be happening at Hogwarts this year. Yeah,
0: Charlie says I might be
1: seeing you sooner than you think.
0: Yeah. And it wasn't a bill. I was like, oh, I kind of wish I was still at Hogwarts this year.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think you had a note about. They're being vague about the events this year, but it's still better than how Percy's going about it. Yeah,
0: they're not nearly as smug. To Percy's you... like, "Don't you want to ask me the secret information about what's happening?" And they're like, "No."
1: To you as a reader, I understand that. To the characters, Ron and Harry, and the The twins, they're like, no, that's still as irritating. (laughs) Because they're being just as vague. I
0: feel like Percy's worse, though. Because with Percy, it's like, you know, he's trying to show off the information. So they're just like, freaking whatever, Percy. So you're
1: reading it with an air of respect towards Bill and Charlie. But that same phrase could be like, oh, I wish I was still a student at Hogwarts. Like, it could be coming off of a smug way, too. You could say that sentence smugly.
0: Sure, but I don't hear them saying it smugly.
1: Well, they might want to just needle Ronald a little bit. They're not they're not. No, I don't completely... think they're being
0: smug. I, I think Percy's smugness is the fact that he knows and he's been involved with it, which, I mean, we're going to get into spoilers, so I won't say too much more, but... I... You don't
1: think there's any brotherly needling going on there at all? None whatsoever?
0: Not the way Percy
1: was. Maybe not the way Percy was, but I
0: think for them it's more They're needling a little I bit. I think... Uh... I think it's more of a, like, it's a wistfulness. It sounds like Hogwarts would be really, really fun this year. I wish I was a student still. It'd be really fun to see. That's how I'm taking it.
1: Okay. (laughs) Um, So anyway, they get onto uh, the actual train, and it, it pulls away from them as the twins are yelling, trying to get more information.
0: I will say I enjoyed very, very much so how they spent so much time talking sports and Hermione was finally just like, I'm over it, and just started reading her textbook. That is 10,000% me, so much so.
1: Uh, First of all, before we get into this whole train sequence, I need to specifically take time out and mention that we get a Hogwarts, a history mention, as per Hogwarts, a podcast (laughs) <laughs> Law. We need to mention every time that Hogwarts of History is mentioned because it's what we got our namesake from. So, right. So, uh, Hogwarts of History is mentioned. Uh, life is good. <laughs>
0: um, and we learned interesting information about Hogwarts from the Hogwarts of History source, Hermione we, Granger.
1: We do. Uh, we get that... So, they, they end up talking about schools, which we have uh, a little side segment that we want to talk about here in a second. Right. But... Um, yeah, they learn, or Ron learns specifically. I don't think Harry cares, but Ron learns. Well, I, I think, think Harry Ron,
0: cares. I think Ron doesn't care as much.
1: I don't think they either of them care, um, <laughs> quite <okay>. honestly. Touche. <laughs> but um, Hermione lets this information go anyway. At least Ron is paying attention and responds back.
0: Yeah, she says Hogwarts is hidden from muggles. They see an old ruin that says, Danger, do not enter unsafe. So... I have questions of how does that actually work for teenage muggles? Because I feel like a teenager who sees that would be like, I am definitely breaking into that ruin to see what's going on. So I wonder if there's more magic too as I get closer. But she talked about how like places can be unplottable, uh, which Harry was like, you know, what's that mean? Like You can make it so that it doesn't show up on a map, which I also have questions of how the heck did they discover that spell? But, Speaking of wizarding
1: schools. Out of need is how that is. Out of need.
0: (laughs) Hide (laughs) me from people. She
1: mentioned other charms like you get close to the area and suddenly feel like you have something else you got to do or like there's certain charms that are placed on it for muggles similar to how the Quidditch World Cup was established. Um, But
0: yeah, speaking of all those other schools with different protections on them, you had sent a picture of... The Wizarding Schools Around the World, which I posted on Twitter, because it was really interesting how few schools there seems to be.
1: I'll just say this is an example. Um, Some of it we know for a fact in certain countries. Like, we know Hogwarts is essentially set up for the United Kingdom Mm -hmm. and Ireland, it seems like. Uh, We know that Ilvermorny, however you pronounce that, uh, school is in at least the United States. Right. Um, And then... What we think of, um, it, you know, the the reason they get on it is because of uh, Durmstrang and Bobatons is mentioned in this chapter. Right,
0: Malfoy says how he almost went to Durmstrang.
1: Durmstrang, and so that kind of brings up the question of other wizarding schools, which Hermione then gets into because mm-hmm. um, she read a book <laughs> stunningly. Uh, so
0: probably because they were talking about sports.
1: Yeah, so we get into <laughs> this um, we get into this question of other wizarding schools and we posted the picture to twitter like elizabeth said and uh one of our followers jenny conway at jenny conway had some really good questions about it Uh um she said it was seemed like it was a bit light on the school front and you think there'd be more wizards around and also some of those schools have got to be bigger in the amount of students that they have right
0: yeah, it makes me wonder, like, just how many wizards are there? Because it seems like there's a high enough percentage of wizards around the world, but based on that map, I mean... Just
1: there's... population alone. You're looking at, um, with this specifically, almost two-thirds of Africa, they have under one school.
0: Yeah, that doesn't The population
1: there must be insane. Right. And there must be more wizards per capita you'd think
0: you'd have to have like a wizard like wakanda or something like you know just like completely hidden from everybody i suppose maybe Um, it is unplottable and in the
1: same graphic you have all of central america and all of south america under one school Mm -hmm. and just from what we've seen from the fantastic Beast movies um you know brazil is flaunted as this beautiful magical country yeah yeah so I it, it I will agree with Jenny and uh, this seems a little light. It seems a little generic because um, there's there's got to be there's got to be more like she said. There has to be more schools and there has to be more maybe they're the wizards. more
0: pristine schools or prestigious. I mean, you, like, if you look, I think of it as like the Harvard or the Yale almost of of Wizarding World schools.
1: I mean, if you think like. If There's how many people in the United Kingdom and Ireland, mm-hmm. and then all of those get funneled into just Hogwarts, mm-hmm. and you're talking about like roughly however many we said, oh, like
0: 80 to 100, something like that,
1: something like that. That's an insanely low yeah. population, yeah. So, for all of South America and Central America, you're millions upon millions. Uh, it gets funneled down to just one school it's got to be even Uh, at least it's got to be a bigger school right (laughs) at the very least but anyway thank you jenny for the the comments on twitter we really appreciate it Mm -hmm. um kind of interacting with us but yeah i I had the same similar questions about that graphic
0: yeah it's just interesting that you know there's so many different ways to be secretive about locations and the idea that, you know, they never consider, like, oh, yeah, Muggles can't find Hogwarts. Like, I just yeah, disag- thing.
1: I disagree with Hermione's note on where Durmstrang might be just based on their school uniforms. By the way, I love that she even looked up their school uniform <laughs> She does
0: her research, that girl. <laughs> wow.
1: Um, but she assumes it's in the, the deep north.
0: Because of fur on the uniforms.
1: Right. Doesn't have to be. Could be mountainous, could be in a mountain range,
0: mm. and
1: it could just be high up in a mountain range, which is how they hide it, because who's gonna be traversing <laughs> mountains to get there, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's it's an interesting kind of discussion. Um I've, on that maps particularly that we were discussing on Twitter, they have Dermstrang covering almost all of mainland Europe. Mm-hmm. Which I think um people might get distracted and think that it's only a certain two or three countries or even just one country that Durmstrang's attached to. But, uh, in reality, it's like all of mainland Europe. And then the other, other school, the other school is just a couple of countries as well. So I think you get tied into thinking only one country per school. And that's not technically true. Even with Hogwarts, if you're tying in Ireland, you're right. that's, technically two countries, and if you want to break up the United Kingdom into its separate countries...
0: Which then again you know, just different. makes me wonder, like, how big is the Wizarding World population? Is it so small that that's why everybody is able to have knowledge of, like, who Mundungus Fletcher is, or, or does his reputation just proceed. So are you talking about the life? entire
1: Wizarding population only being, like, a couple million? Yeah, I, for I really... For the whole world?
0: I'm really curious about that, because it does seem like it's bigger than that. But at the same time they've been hidden from muggles so well. But then are they actually, or are muggles just pretending like they don't know about the existence? Because there are we you know there are muggles who do know about wizards. They just, you know, push it to the side or they're married to a witch or a wizard or whatever the case may be. I wonder how many muggles there are who are just like aware of the wizarding world, but just don't bring it up in conversation because you would look crazy. I
1: don't know. But <laughs> Let us know what you think on kind of all of that and go check out our Twitter if you want to see that picture and um, I can probably post it on our Instagram too. But yeah. (laughs) So um, anything else on the non-spoilers?
0: I just once again love Malfoy going out of his way to find Potter and to taunt him. It is no wonder why the shipping of those two is so strong on the (laughs) internet. (laughs) That's all I'll say about that.
1: Wow, you went a shipping route. <laughs> That's how we're going to end non spoilers. There you go. Yep. Uh, my favorite is still the Trelawney Snape ship. <laughs> or, or. Didn't we have one
0: with the cats?
1: Crookshanks uh, and Mrs. Norris, yes. <laughs> that was also a solid one. Well, that took a left turn of the conversation, but. <laughs> there you have it. And we will be right back with the spoiler section.
0: Kill the snack!
1: All right, we are back with the spoiler section of Chapter 11 aboard the Hogwarts Express. And I want to kind of go back to the Draco Harry uh, antagonization that happens.
0: (laughs) The shipping?
1: (laughs) Sure. In that kind of conversation, he subtly brags to and Goyle that he almost went to Durmstrang. Right. And that his father knows the headmaster there. Right, and that's all he that's all he gets to. But uh, this is a spoiler section. Mm-hmm. How do those two happen to know each other?
0: It's almost as if they were in a cult together or something.
1: They were cl- they were uh, they were in a certain club, <laughs> and um, that club just so happened to follow a, <laughs> a sub- very very
0: dangerous man.
1: Yeah, they they were both death eaters. Yeah, which begs the question if karkaroff igor karkaroff right. is the headmaster of of dermstrang so how and we can talk more about this later i suppose uh when we actually meet the man but how does one and i know draco starts uh telling us a little bit about Durmstrang. um he and,
0: says how like they actually practice dark arts instead of just the like protection from it
1: which is an interesting thought that i also want to get to mm-hmm. but uh so yeah he's he's illustrates some of the finer points of durhamstrang education Mm -hmm. and it begs the question how does eager karkaroff go from death eater to headmaster of a school of a a fairly large important school i
0: don't know but my question is also how did malfoy know karkaroff was one of the people because didn't they say that Most of the Death Eaters kept themselves covered at all times. They didn't fully know each other's identities as a protection way if one of them got caught.
1: Well, Lucius was a high-ranking member. Right. Uh, At that time, Lucius was top.
0: But wasn't he... I mean, he was more young. He wouldn't necessarily be, like, top Death Eater, right? I mean, he's up there, but he's not, like, top, top.
1: I don't know, because I think his... Money and influence, even at a younger age, probably goes a long way. Probably, um, I just like,
0: like you've said before, of like you know, Voldemort doesn't put all his eggs in one basket.
1: Well, sure, yeah, that
0: seems like one of those places where it's like, I mean, who is it? Um, we when Harry sees later in in the pensive of the different cases that were down in the dungeons and seeing like Karkroff's trial and seeing Bagman's trial and and Barty Crouch Jr.'s trial. And how I think it was Carcroft's trial where he's like, "Well, you got to understand, like we didn't know everybody's identities. He tried to keep it secret from us so that we couldn't reveal everybody's secret, or like you know names. Like I wonder if that was just him like saying nonsense to just cover his own tracks for the court, or if that, yeah, or if that is really the case of I, at that of point Baltimore I think... just being like, okay, we're keeping our identities secret because." I alone will know who everybody is, but you will not.
1: I mean, again, we can talk about it when the trials get there, mm-hmm. but I think Karkaroff at that point is in a self-preservation mode, mm-hmm. and I think he wants to give whatever he can give.
0: So it makes me wonder, like, does he know many people? Because he, he I think mentioned Lucius, names, I think but... Lucius
1: knows many people, just based on the nature of how lucius operates
0: okay so then maybe lucius is able to know karkaroff because karkaroff is like want to give me a donation for my school which goes back to your question of how did he become headmaster of his school and to that i don't know i wonder if that's just something we can deep dive again
1: you just mentioned he was on trial for this right so i can't imagine like
0: Well, bagman was on trial too but he got off
1: yeah, two different things, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, one, two
0: very, very different things.
1: That's what I'm saying. So one is like a capital crime and offense. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't foresee Dermstring well, I, I don't foresee a school being like, yeah, that guy that was on trial for, and the only reason he got off is because he gave information. By giving the information, I'm sure he had a commuted sentence or what have you. But anyway, just the fact that he's... The headmaster of that school, then, given what Draco said about the school, makes you think that Durmstrang is a certain kind of a certain kind of place, which again goes back to internationally, their headmaster is a former Death Eater. The Bulgarian Minister of Magic seemed to be familiar with one Boldy, <laughs> so it makes you think that Voldemort's reach actually did cross over international borders oh yeah, and was a threat in a lot of different places.
0: Well, it'd be the same way if, like, you know, there's a dictator rising up in the world. Countries are going to pay sure. attention. Sure. That it... influence, I mean, as we've seen with many politicians today, of what happens in one country then starts to inspire it in another country, and then that leads to some dangerous it just, things.
1: It just caught me off guard because reading these books, it never, ever alludes to that. That the
0: rest of the world cares? Yeah, it
1: always is so focused and Mm. UK-centric that you never really think about the broader perspective of things.
0: That's why I was wondering with, like, with last chapter, with seeing the, the dark mark of how other countries probably responded to that news as everyone went home. They were like, we saw the Death Eaters, Mark. Like, does every country know what that means? And for the ones that do, like... How much chaos did they then have back in their own ministries?
1: Oh, I'm sure the picture in the Daily Prophet got around.
0: I wonder if they did like a... You know how like the United States has like... We don't recommend people travel to this country at this point in time right now. I wonder if that became like... Everyone's like, don't go there. Well, how,
1: how do borders work magically? Do, they, do you have like uh, customs? Yeah, <laughs> and like knows? entering and... I'm sure they do.
0: I feel like this is something that you need to deep dive. It's a Maybe. very, very you topic.
1: <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, obviously so there's a lot to dive in there with the whole Dermstrang bit of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously there's a lot more to discuss about your Hargarov and Dermstrang and the whole bit as we get further on in the books. Right. So we'll get there as as we do.
0: Now you wanted to talk about Tri Wizard Tournament.
1: I just wanted to pose some, some fun what ifs. Well my comments with there.
0: that. Like we know Charlie is involved with the tournament with his work with the dragons you know, for the first task. So that's how he knows about it. I'm really curious why Bill knows about it. Like, I don't think the, the Daily Prophet hasn't said anything about it, you know, because otherwise it'd be big, big news. And the idea that maybe Hogwarts sent home letters to parents being like, this is going to happen at school this year. Like, I could see that happening. And obviously that might be partially why I mean, Malfoy knows, knows because his father is so well connected, but it could easily be parents were informed and they told their kids. But it does seem like a lot of kids are surprised by the information. But regardless, it doesn't explain why Bill would know. He's got, not a parent.
1: I got two reasons. So um, easily? Well, one, I mean, his brother's involved. Mm-hmm. His father works at the ministry. His other brother works at the ministry. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and he, I mean, Percy's involved. Percy gets involved. They're, they're
1: adults. And they're all, they're all competent, responsible adults. Right. Just conversation. Right. They, they, what? Do you really think Charlie, Arthur, and Percy wouldn't feel comfortable talking about it around <laughs> Bill? Like,
0: no. I mean that makes sense. I'm it, just like, I wonder that. if any way if Gringotts is involved. I'm
1: sure. In, I'm sure there's.
0: I'm sure there's expenses. Of expenses, funds. Cutting it up.
1: I'm sure there's a bunch of financial stuff that has to go off mm-hmm. for that and the Quidditch World Cup. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's clued in on a bunch of different levels. Um, that doesn't surprise me as much.
0: <laughs> so, you had
1: some questions? No, nah, I just, you know, it's, it's going to be fun what ifs. Of, we obviously know who our Tri Wizard combatants are: mm-hmm. they are uh, Crum, uh, Floor,
0: Cedric, Cedric, and, and Harry.
1: Potter. So, you got four of them. Obviously, you have to be under the, the age requirement, right. right? Outside of Harry, who gets to skirt around it, which we'll get to. But um, my question is, what if those weren't your four? If you had to pick other combatants from Hogwarts, because we know more Hogwarts students.
0: Well, I definitely try to get Angelina, right? For uh, Gryffindor to be...
1: The twins try. So but let's... Angelina
0: was she was of age, right? She was one who actually did apply to get in, and they were like, "Well, yeah, let's get a Gryffindor. That'd be cool."
1: So, the twins try. Angelina tries. Of
0: twins. the students that you know, twins fail. <laughs> of the
1: how do you think the twins would do if they actually succeeded? If one of them succeeded, because they most likely both wouldn't get in.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard if both got in because how do you separate the two of them? Like they would want to do cast together. You think
1: you think Ron gets jealous of Harry? <laughs> what happens if Fred gets in and George doesn't, or George oh, gets in know and what Fred they doesn't? They would do. They'd switch in and out.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: That's fine and good, except
0: I know, like the, the reason some they know don't them get in, well enough to be like, okay, that's the like reason Fred. they
1: don't get in is because the cup is smarter than them, right? I or don't think
0: Dumbledore is smarter than.
1: Them. I don't think Dumbledore McGonagall people that have known them for so long. Mm-hmm. I don't think they get fooled as easily. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I just don't think they get. No, they
0: wouldn't like. I don't think Dumbledore or McGonag- McGonagall especially would not get fooled, but they would definitely try it. No, oh,
1: they would certainly try it, <laughs> because one would feel bad that the other one's not right. able to participate. I
0: don't know how the twins would do. I I'm more interested if Angelina was the one who got picked, and Harry's name also then came out of the fire, what does that do to Gryffindor? You know?
1: Splits Gryffindor?
0: Yeah, I feel like it'd be like a whole civil war in there of who do you support.
1: Good. I mean, it splits all of Hogwarts yeah. when Cedric and Harry both get picked. Yeah. And then some alliances happen, and maybe that's why Julie and Anna think he's a touch overrated. <laughs> um but are I don't you know.
0: calling them out for having a gryffindor bias
1: i've called them out many a time <laughs> for having a gryffindor bias uh, <laughs> but i don't know there there's a lot there that obviously causes a rift in the school mm-hmm. uh if angelina gets picked and harry gets picked yeah that probably causes quite a rift in gryffindor
0: yeah
1: and it probably breaks the same way a lot of people going for angelina instead of harry yeah Honestly,
0: I don't know how anyone else would.
1: Because one's more fair and the other's not.
0: Yeah, I don't know how other students would fare with this. I mean, obviously Harry has experience with these weird, well, puzzle type things.
1: He's fourteen. Yeah, but think of what (laughs) he's done up to
0: this point. I mean, he could be more experienced than Cedric. You could argue. Um, You could easily argue that, but it. I don't. I don't know, but I think for some of them if they tried to be like Angelina could probably perform well under pressure just because she's a Quidditch star. I don't know if say like, I mean, I guess Cho is also a Quidditch star too, so she could do well. But if there is some other student who has never been in Quidditch and hasn't had all eyes on them and, and the pressure of the whole school watching what they're doing, like that could break somebody. Let me
1: throw this then at you. Mm -hmm. And instead of how they are now in this book, year four. Mm -hmm. let's think about how they would be at their eligible age. Like Harry has gone through book five. He's gone through book six. He's a more mature individual Mm -hmm. who's taught defense against the dark arts classes. Mm -hmm. The participants in those defense against the dark arts classes, Ginny Mm -hmm. going through what she's gone through, matured, gotten quite powerful in her own right by the time she's 17 how do you think those students would fare if they were their age-eligible eligible selves?
0: I think the DA would do well just because Harry taught them.
1: I think some would do better than others.
0: Oh, well, yeah. Ginny,
1: I think, would do quite well in this.
0: Yeah. I could see that happening. I don't know why, but she just strikes me as someone who's really good at swimming for the second task. I don't know why.
1: She's an athletic individual.
0: Yeah, I could see her very, very quickly finding her... You know.
1: So wait, you're not. We've mentioned a lot of names so far, and one name that you haven't brought up is Cormac McLegan. You don't think Cormac <laughs> <McLagan> <laughs> would be I think a solid Cormac participant? Would
0: be spending too much time bragging about how he's a champion to actually do the task that he's a champion for. That's my take. That's my hot take, if you will. <laughs> Moving off the what ifs for a second, uh-huh. though. My biggest thing, which we have touched upon before, but I want to bring it up again since this is the chapter where it happens. This is where Moody got kidnapped by Barty Crouch Jr. and Wormtail. This is what we were talking about when we read the very, very first chapter of this book um, when Voldemort was talking about, you know, putting the plan into motion. And I know um, we disagreed. If you missed that episode, go back and listen to it because it's always fun when we disagree. But we were talking about how, I mean, you thought that Voldemort would not just trust these two to complete his full plan. I said how it's more, he doesn't have any other choice. He's got to go with those two. But regardless, I think this is where, um, you know, Moody, when he heard an intruder, he did hear an intruder. It wasn't a cat. It wasn't like some... Random Muggle. This was Barty Crouch Jr. and Wormtail coming to get him, and they succeeded. They got him in his trunk, and then closed it and got everything ready to go just in time for Arthur to show up and cooked up their story, and you know went along his merry way to Hogwarts to teach Harry and to lure him to his doom. Dun dun dun.
1: Yeah, I, I think my my only uh, question about all of that was the Voldemort side of things of leaving some things up to chance. And I get that he's in a vulnerable position and he doesn't really have much personal control over Mm -hmm. the situation. And he does have to put some trust in some other individuals. It just feels odd that Voldy would allow so much things kind of on a coin flips chance. Like we, so we get the bill dropping some knowledge on how formidable Moody was in his prime. Mm -hmm. I'd have to think Voldy's fully aware of how capable Moody is. Right. So I think he would have to find like a more foolproof way of being like, how can we ensure this is happening? How can we ensure that we have this plan done? You know what I mean?
0: And I think they just probably got him so off guard since this was literally the day that he's supposed to be starting his job at Hogwarts. So if he's getting... Wasn't
1: Moody one of the ones that put Barty Crouch Jr. in prison to begin with?
0: I think so.
1: I think he was the guy that did it. Yeah, I'm not...
0: probably. Um,
1: so I'm sure Barty Crouch is well, Moody fully puts, aware. <laughs> yeah,
0: Barty Crouch. Um But yeah, if, if Moody is... I mean, from his perspective, he's packing up his stuff. He's getting ready to go teach for a full year at Hogwarts. And like... The train leaves soon. Kids will be here tomorrow morning. I love
1: how all these plans are in place right as the Hogwarts Express is about to leave.
0: Funny how that works. (laughs) It's almost like it's a a very convenient plot device. Hmm.
1: Voldy, as unpredictable as he should be, is awfully predictable in a lot of different (laughs) ways. No, no, no. My plan must start on July (laughs) 31st.
0: Harry has to learn. (laughs) And with that, we can appreciate Baltimore. He at least cares about his education. Boldly
1: pro education. <laughs> Without these plots, though, what what kind of books would we have? Honey? Exactly.
0: So I don't know. I just I love when you know you read read this and you're like, oh yeah, this this is happening now. This is when Mad Eye goes from being Mad Eye to Barty Crouch Jr. in Mad Eye form. Bum bum bum.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, do you have anything else for the spoiler section?
0: That is it. I'm excited to be back at Hogwarts finally. Can you believe it's been 10 chapters of just like, like I know there was a Quidditch World Cup and there's all these like, you know, exciting things now, but it's been so long since we've been at Hogwarts. It's almost like the like Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone book all over again. Just like, can we get there please?
1: It's been a lot of setup. We spent a lot of time at the Dursleys. <laughs> uh, the Quidditch World Cup, cool, cool little side plot Dark tangent mark, thing, interesting, which was great, of yeah. course.
0: And I still love the first chapter. First Don't chapter, I think, it's, is phenomenal. It, yes, but let's go back to Hogwarts.
1: <laughs> We're ready. Uh, and there's some interesting things coming up. So, uh, with that, then I think we'll end it here, and we will get to chapter twelve next week. So yeah.
0: come back for that. We're, yeah. We'll be at Hogwarts.
1: <laughs> for Elizabeth, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Don't be afraid to kind of reach out. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod.